Hey all you creeps, I'm Elle, and this is Murder on the 420 Express. So today's episode is another spooky tales from the stash box episode. If you have any creepy, spooky, and downright kooky stories of your own that you'd like to share with the class, feel free to (laughs) send them to murder420podcast at gmail.com. But before we dive into today's episode, let's go ahead and do some updates, life updates, podcast updates. Um, So right now I'm in the process of learning how to work Patreon and just really working on expanding the podcast out a little bit more. So if you guys wouldn't mind uh, liking, subscribing, following, whatever it is, um, on Spotify, that actually really helps the podcast out a lot. Um, but if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, that also works as well. I also have a YouTube up for um, video podcasting just like this. So if you like this kind of content and you really like this podcast, Uh, Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe because it really does help in my world and getting this podcast out there. But in other updates, um, next episode we are starting our 27 Club, which will be um, just a bunch of um, inspirational celebrities from all across across different genres, different artists that have passed away at the age of 27. And we're kickstarting that off with Kurt Cobain. And I'm really excited to bring you guys that episode. So I really hope you tune in to that. And I am also starting to upload at least twice a week. Um, So yeah, it's no longer once a month no longer once a week. It's now coming down to twice a week. So I really hope you guys like the content that I'm posting um, because we actually got, we actually got a five-star review. And I personally have never really been one to like gather feedback, but I'm like out there like surveilling the the area like hey do you like this hey do you like that like hey check out my I've never been one to do that and um now I'm just out there like hey hey can you listen to this and can you give me some honest feedback and we actually got a five-star review my iPad is all the way over there so I will read it to you guys later (laughs) probably in the next episode but if you wouldn't also, like, if you want to leave a review, go ahead and leave a review. I know on Spotify you can't leave reviews, which kind of sucks, but um, it is what it is, I guess. Um, so jumping into the start of this episode, I kind of wanted to bring to light some current events that are happening in the cannabis realm, in the true crime realm, in some paranormal aspects. So hang on to this like news report that's about to fucking happen because it's great. And I feel like everybody should at least be somewhat interested in some of the true events that are true events, current events that are happening right now. (laughs) Oh, can you tell? Can you tell that it's hitting me? It's hitting me. It's there. Okay, (laughs) back to our regular scheduled programming. So I don't know if y'all have heard the news on this one, right? But a Polish woman claims to be Madeline McCain. Now, 22-year-old Polish woman is coming forth claiming to be this missing child, Madeline McCain. Now, Madeline was three years old when she disappeared on a family holiday in Portugal on May 7th of 2007. Um, So this woman, her name is Julia Wendell, and she states, quote, 
I discovered what happened to Madeline McCain and I connected the dots. It's so stressful trying to get people to believe me, end quote. Now, Madeline would be 19 years old today and Julia is 22. So the age difference isn't really that far off, right? But she also said that this could also be wrong. You know, she's admitting that, you know, there are some coincidences and there are some um, things that just don't quite add up. So there's a lot of inconsistencies that her family has told her and would tell her and to add the cherry on top of the cake that same gross German pedo that was prime suspect in Madeline's case well it turns out that same dude assaulted Julia when she was a child fucking crazy connections but like I like to say there's no such thing as coincidence like everything happens for a reason um so the McCain's have come forth with a DNA test so like they don't mind exploring every single option like if this woman is like hey I might possibly be your Madeline I don't understand why the family wouldn't be like you know let's explore all possibilities because it might be a possibility and you don't want to like rule something out that actually could be true but we don't know until the testing comes back and I've heard that the testing is going to be coming back um they're gonna they're sending off the test that is as far as I read into it is that they're sending off the test so like it hasn't the test hasn't been done they're just starting the motions of going into testing so we shall see if Julia actually is really Madeline McCain um moving forward with kind of like our cannabis news of the day. So one thing that I found out um, that I wanted to share with you guys is that New Jersey cops won't be drug tested for marijuana in most cases, according to the attorney general. So So New Jersey police officers will no longer be drug tested for cannabis unless they're suspected of using or under the influence of marijuana on duty or if their position requires federal drug testing. Under the newest revision of the New Jersey Attorney General's law enforcement drug testing policy, officers can be screened for cannabis if they are believed to be using or under the influence or while on duty, you know? So similar to other drug-free workplaces, uh, protections included in the New Jersey marijuana legalization laws. So that's pretty fucking cool. Um, And that should be done with mainly all jobs, if I'm being completely honest. But it is a step in the right direction, you know? Like, whatever you do on your time off should not affect or be a factor of your work life. Let's be honest. Nobody gives a fuck if you have like seven martinis at the end of the workday. But God forbid if you have like seven joints when you go home. You know what I mean? That's excessive. If anybody's doing that, damn. But but you guys get my drift, right? Like nobody cares what you do on your fucking time off, right? As long as you show up and you do the work and you go home. Like who the fuck cares? But I also have another, this is the last, this is our last little news segment before we get into the strain of the day. For our last news story, what I wanted to bring up to you guys was that the UFOs, you know, we talked about this like in the previous episodes that UFOs have gone really mainstream all of a sudden. And you would think that the UFO community would be like hands down in for it, but that is quite the opposite you know so after many years the ufo phenomena is finally hitting the front newspapers and the ufo community doesn't seem to be too thrilled about it at all in an article posted by nbc news quote many in the ufo community 
which range from science-minded investigators to faith-based believers, had been hoping recent moves in Washington meant the government was finally getting ready to spill beans on everything it has collected over the years on unexplained aerial phenomenon, even if it didn't include evidence of extraterrestrial life, end quote. But... That optimistic turn of events would soon turn pessimistic because you would think that they're going to, um, like, finally admit shit, right? Wrong! All that they're trying to do is seemingly cover it up as if it's just these weather balloons or this spy equipment from another country that shall not be named. Or, you know, just... But how about the fact that they actually shot down three unidentified crafts? One was technically a weather balloon, right? Or what they claim as a spy balloon from another country that shall not be named. Um, but they shot down these other air... Uh, uh, what are they called? Unexplained aerial phenomenons, right? They shot the motherfuckers down and they went in search of them. But guess what? They couldn't fucking find them. So you know what they did? They called off the fucking search for it. That's exactly what happened. So you're meaning to tell me that you have no idea what the fuck you shot down because you can't fucking find it, but you think in today's day and age that you would have the coordinates of something that you fucking shot down. So where did it go? Where did they go? I have questions. But it seems like, all in all, it, these media outlets and the government are still giving us, or the UFO community, the same fucking turnaround rhetoric that they have always given us, right? That, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But don't get me wrong. I understand that it's, like, to not cause any sort of mass hysteria. Because could you fucking imagine if they were like, yeah, no, that was, like, aliens, what kind of fucking mass hysteria that would cause? Would it even cause mass hysteria at this point? Like, the, like let's be let's be honest. Let's be for real, right? Like, we all know, we all know. Even if we can't fucking prove it, we just all know, right? We're not the only ones out there. Two, wouldn't an alien invasion be it, like better than what the fuck we're going through right now? I think it would be, but that's just me. And third of all. Like, if we all know that it's, um, or what if, like, none of us want to believe it? Would that also be, but that's delusion right there. If there's honest to God proof that there's, like, an alien invasion. So it's either mass hysteria or mass delusion. Or maybe there's just going to be, like, a solid in-between. You know what? <laughs> That would be a topic for another time. So so let's jump into the strain of the day. What has got me so jittery? And it's my favorite strain. It's by far one of my favorite strains. It is called XJ13. Now, XJ13 is a 50-50 hybrid strain with an astounding 22% THC content. So if you're a beginner smoker, this is not really something that I would recommend smoking on, especially if it's in the flower content, because that's on pretty high side as far as flower content THC goes. It is a cross between Jack Herrera, 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 I can't ever say the name right. Jack Herrera and the strain G13. <laughs> and it was bred to produce a flavor unlike anything you may have tasted before. It has a pleasurable taste, which is spicy and sweet at the same time. However, you will note hints of lime and pine while smoking the strain. It is true when they say that XJ13 is every Wake and Baker's dream strain. Bitch, for real. I ain't lying there. It is a great strain for a Wake and Bake. The smell is extremely potent with a funky undertone. There is more to the taste and smell than meets the eye though. It adds more to the classic taste, all the while being hazy and pungent. 
After smoking the strain, the high kicks in almost immediately. You'll feel powerful due to its lifting effects. The cerebral effects are well endowing as you will feel a body buzz unlike any other. It is perfect for individuals who are suffering from anxiety and depression. However, there is much more to it than its countless medicinal applications. XJ13 is also known for keeping your creative juices flowing and you will find it easy to converse with others and will make it even more fun for you to hang out with others. It's a great strain. It's a great strain. So the effects that you're going to feel from this particular strain are creativity. It's going to be energizing. You're going to feel this very nice euphoric feeling, happy and uplifting. So it also may relieve ADHD and ADD symptoms, bipolar disorder, uh, or help support um, relief with these bipolar disorder, chronic pain, depression, fatigue, headaches, insomnia, muscle spasms, PMS, and stress. The flavors you're going to notice right off the bat are going to be citrus, lime, pine, and just overall sweetness. And the aroma that you're going to be getting out of it is citrus, earthy, pine, pungent, skunky, sweet. It's just um ball of mixture just all into one and it's just so great now let's get into today's episode shall we yes so this is another spooky tales from the stash box so this is listener like this is your these are your stories guys and so um most of these i got from again like the last one i got from reddit so let's get into it. Who's ready to get spooked? Me, because I'm recording this at 11 o'clock at night. <sighs> let's, let's get into it. So the first story that we have is called, I think two strangers saved my life. This, uh, it's giving a long story. <clears throat> I was vacationing alone for several days in northern Maine, USA, renting an Airbnb, just me, 29 female, and my dog. It was a few weeks after a breakup. We were in between homes and wanted to get away to reassess and sort out my life. My second day there, I ran into the neighbors who lived there every summer, husband and wife and one adult child and a grandparent. They were extremely nice and welcoming and knowing I was traveling alone, invited me for barbecue and drinks multiple nights. Day four, I went for a long challenging hike and came back excited to jump into the lake. While floating about, I'm chatting with the neighbors who were on their porch and a man, probably 40 to 45 years old, paddles over in a paddle boat. I figured he was just another neighbor and small talk was made. He was objectively handsome, fit, and tattooed. Unknown man invites me and my dog to join him in the paddle boat after watching us struggle to stay in the kayak. My dog is not the best kayaker. We tried it. Go for a paddle around and I try getting to know him a bit more. He was being a bit odd about sharing details about himself and once or twice just sat up, didn't answer me uh, when I asked a question or sorry. He was being a bit odd about sharing details about himself and once or twice just straight up didn't answer me when I asked a question. He asked who I was traveling with red flag and I lied and said I had some friends in town that would be returning soon we paddled back to the dock attached to my rental and he asked if he could throw his clothes in the dryer odd but I did notice that they got pretty soaked at the bottom of the boat when whatever I showed him upstairs or whatever I showed him up the stairs and inside to point out the dryer and offered him a beer 
I went back outside to sit on the porch where I could see my temporary neighbors. Probably 10 minutes pass and this dude is still inside. So I shout in to ask him, what's up? And he was just sitting on the couch, thumbing through the book I'm reading. Odd. At this time, I start to feel weird about him being in there. He was... What was he doing for that 10 minutes? Casing the place? Unlocking the windows? I go back outside and he follows and sits sort of off to the side uh, by himself. I didn't know what prompted him to say this, but my neighbor shouts over, Hey, is now a good time to come over? Yes, now is a great time to fucking come over. <laughs> Her mom's senses must have been going off. I shout back, yeah, now is a perfect time. Yes. Yes, it is. It is a perfect time to come over. The couple came over and joined us on the, on the porch. Dad talks to the stranger man while mom talks to me off to the side and asks if everything is okay. I told her I was getting a weird vibe from this dude and was really glad that they came over. Abruptly, her husband says, I left something at home. I'll be right back. And he comes back with a fucking gun on his hip. Very visible. Yo. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, now I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? He points to the stranger's piles of clothes and shows me that he's got a gun as well. It's rural Maine. Not super uncommon, but with all the other red flags... Bitch, I have questions. We quickly decide that we, quote, had plans to get ice cream, end quote, and that it's time for him to get his clothes from the dryer and leave. Dad asked him where he lived, and he pointed to their friend's house across the lake where they know for certain he does not live. He also lied about his truck being parked across at the boat launch. We only know this because when this dude finally got back in his boat and paddled back across, dad jumped in his truck and zoomed down the road to grab a pic of his license plates. But there was no truck at the boat launch. Bitch, what? I was shaken up. Bitch, I would be too. The three of us checked the house together to make sure windows were locked, except we did exactly all or we did actually all decide to go and get ice cream after all. And on the way on a long dirt road, who do we see? Bitch, no, you didn't. You saw him. But the strange man walking alone in the pitch black Oh my God, these two were so kind, aware, and I honestly wonder if they may have saved my life that day. I said, or they said they would sleep with their windows open to, to holler if I needed them, but God knows I didn't get a wink of sleep that night. I wouldn't fucking sleep either. One final creepy bit. While I was checking out the next day and when, and when I went to return the key to the lockbox, the lockbox was gone. I alerted the homeowners and they had no explanation. Nope, nope, nope. That is all a bunch of fucking nope. I mean, I hate to throw in my own experience of what I experienced today, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because it sounds... It doesn't sound similar, but it's definitely in the same realm, okay? So I'm trying to sell one of my old kids' tablets, right, on the fucking Facebook marketplace because I don't know where else to sell it. And um, I got this one guy who um, kept asking me questions that were clearly in the description of the post. Like he kept asking me what type of tablet this was, if it came with a charger, um, what kind of charger it was, what the screen size was. I was like, dude, all of you, everything that you're asking me is already in the description. Why are you asking me this? 
that was my first red flag. My second red flag was that um, he immediately wanted my address um, because I was like, yeah, if you're interested in it, just like, um, are you available later this eve, like later this afternoon? And um, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. What's your address? And I was like, um, I'm not going to give you my address, but I don't mind meeting up with you. And he immediately said this one place in town that I know is in a really sketchy area and is known for human trafficking. And I'm a one, I'm a stay at home mom. I have kids at home. I'm no, <laughs> no. If we're going to meet up, we're going to meet up somewhere that I know is safe, that I know the area and plain and simple. So I called up my husband and I was like, please tell me I'm not tripping. Like, is this, is this safe? Is this safe? And he was like, no, just say no. Just say that someone else offered you more money. I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I did. I was like, yo, someone offered me more money. I'm going to go that route. Have a nice day. And then I muted the conversation and I haven't looked at it since. But it just gave me really creepy vibes, yo. And it's just, does he pass the vibe check? No, that motherfucker did not pass the vibe check. This motherfucker with the paddleboard did not pass the vibe check. If they don't pass the vibe check, move on. We all know if they're not passing that vibe check. Mm -mm. All right. So our next story is called, I stayed at the old Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina without knowing it was one of the most haunted hotels in the state. I didn't even know they had a really haunted hotel. So this is going to be great. All right. I had a work trip in Charleston, so I booked an embassy suites, and the old Citadel seemed like a nice property and in a convenient location. My fiance found out it used to be a Civil War armory or something like that, and he was loving the history aspect of the hotel, too. We had a nice southern dinner in one of the most beautiful cities in the country, in our opinion. We had a nice southern dinner in one of the most beautiful cities in the country, in our opinion. And when we went back to the hotel, everything seemed fine. We got ready for bed, watched some Netflix, played our plan <clears throat> planned our next day, and turned the lights out to go to bed. My fiance passed out instantly, and I dozed off, but I felt this weird pressure consuming my body like I had a ton of bricks on me I've heard of sleep paralysis before but I've never had it in my life I opened my eyes and saw the darkness looking figure or the darkest looking figure in the corner of our room I was completely frozen and couldn't speak I didn't know if I was frozen in fear or if it was something else I kept staring at the figure to see if it would move and it looked like after a few minutes it just faded away into the corner it was in I was still frozen and once I was able to move I snuggled up with my fiance and got my phone and looked up the hotel and saw it was named one of the most haunted hotels in the entire south after snuggling with my fiance and being mostly under the covers, I fell asleep. I told my fiance what happened and he said he had really, really dark dreams, which is rare for him. So something was really fishy. We asked the hotel staff at breakfast if the hotel was haunted and they laughed and said, I'm not going to touch that topic. We had another five days of our stay, and I was so scared to sleep, but it never happened again. Does, it, does this seem like a haunting or just sleep paralysis? And a weird coincidence that he had scary dreams that same night too? Could it have been anything? I know that city, although beautiful, has a very dark history. 
I forgot to mention that it was like two or three in the morning and the room felt very cold. And when I was able to get to my phone to do some research on the hotel, the hotel Wi-Fi, which was typically very fast, was painfully slow to the point where I needed to use regular data to use the internet. And even that was unusually slow for a bit sketchy, which I will say this because during me reading that story, like I keep hearing things going on within my house and it's just, I'm like, man, the fuck is going on? I have questions. Um, I actually have never stayed in a place that's haunted before. Um, We do occasionally go up to like Virginia City, which is like one of the oldest cities in Nevada. And there's some pretty haunted buildings that you can like go into and stuff like that. But for the most part, like I've never really stayed anywhere that's like haunted, haunted. So that would be interesting. That would be really interesting. Our next story that we have is called one of the strangest and most terrifying UFO experiences of my life. And we were just talking about fucking UFOs for our news topics. But let's find out. So I just want to share one of the craziest experiences of my life. Please tell. Sadly, I didn't record it because I was petrified. Touche. I couldn't move. That really sucks. If it wasn't for my friend, actually, I don't know what would have happened to us. Please tell. So this takes place in Shepherd, Michigan. I have no idea where that is. I was visiting a friend, and this is the country. Like, middle of nowhere. Small town, dirt roads, and cornfields. We were bored, obviously, and it was late. The sun was setting, so we decided to take a walk to downtown. A small trip, uh, a small strip of restaurants with the only paved road. God damn. It took us about an hour to actually get there. I want to point out, I didn't see anything in the sky yet. We're at a park on the edge of this downtown. There's one or two sheriff vehicles. Can't remember clearly. This happened like five or six years ago. We've only been here for about 20 minutes or so. She explains to me that... She explains to me that there... She she explains to me there's been car hoppers and police have been searching for them. I think at this point I heard a helicopter too. I honestly thought it was funny that police would be going all out with helicopters looking for some car coppers. I'm more from the city. I have no idea what a car hopper is. So if anybody would like to enlighten me, that would be great. Okay, to get to the point, we get up and head back home. We're turning the corner back onto the dirt road, passing this police car. Can't tell if anyone is even inside. There is fields on both sides of this road and a forest in the distance on my right side. Immediately, we notice the UFO. It took me a second for my brain to register what I was seeing, but there low in the air, just above the trees, was this rod-like thing hovering in the air. Best I can describe it, it, best I can describe it, is it was the size of a bus or two, and almost like a rod laying at a slant in the air. There There were two green lights on each side. These lights were very bright and saturated in color against the darkness of the country, no light pollution. So I have my flashlight out so we can see in the dark. As soon as I realize I'm looking at a UFO, I go to take a picture and before I can do that, this thing starts spiraling towards us like a fan. This giant rod-like thing is spiraling right at us. Bro, what? 
You can hear the wind whipping against it and the helicopter somewhere out of sight. And I just freeze, unable to react or understand what is happening. Just pure terror. Same. I would probably be frozen in fear too. Wondering if this is going to crash into us, it doesn't make sense. My friend pushed my hands down, still holding my phone and the flashlight away from the sight. Immediately, these, immediately this thing stopped, repositioned itself, and began slowly moving away, not very far above our heads. I could see the lines on this thing. The helicopter was here now, right in front of this thing, guiding it away, right over downtown too. The only place where anyone would witness this. Totally inconspicuous. We stood there for maybe a minute or two watching this in awe and terror. And I regret so, so, so much for not recording. Just to be able to watch this event again and maybe catch something new I didn't catch before or share with others this truly terrifying experience of mine so they can understand exactly what I've seen. But all I have is my memories. I don't know if anyone else had made calls of this, and maybe that's what the police were there for. There was a police there was a police car just at the corner parked at an old car repair shop facing the wrong way. I don't know if anyone in downtown just around the corner was outside to witness this, but it was clear as day. So if anyone else was outside here, there was no missing this. It's crazy because I didn't see anything at all in the hour walk. This thing just arrived at this field in the 20 minutes or so that we were at this park. And I think the only reason my friend could think rationally in this situation is because she didn't believe in UFOs and tried saying that it was some kind of police aircraft afterwards. I'm sorry. The police don't have aircrafts other than them ghetto birds, okay? Like, what? I have never, what? But when I explained to her exactly what she witnessed, that we don't have, aren't supposed to have, zero gravity technology, she got quiet. She definitely became a UFO believer that day. I'd, if anyone experienced that, I'm pretty sure they, that they would become a UFO believer. For our next story, our second to last story, I'm pretty sure. Let me double check. Because these are pretty, yeah. So this is our second to last story. And this one is called, Two Experiences I Can't Wrap My Head Around. I've thought very long about sharing my ghost experiences online as I've never really thought to tell other people about it other than my family and friends. I decided to get some input from others on my experiences to sort of maybe feel like I'm not going crazy about what happened. I have two experiences that happened on two separate occasions last year in my home a few months apart from each other. There's nothing too crazy, but I constantly think about them and try and wrap my head around what could have logically happened, but I just can't think of any. So around June, July last year, it was probably close to midnight. It was probably close to midnight and I was hungry for a snack. Girl, same. I tried to get my sister to go downstairs with me to the kitchen since I hate going alone, but she refused and I went by myself. I'm afraid of ghosts, but I've never had an experience or encounter in my home prior to this, so I thought there was nothing to be afraid of, but I still had an uneasy feeling. The dark still creeps me out. To combat this feeling, I wore my wireless headset and left a stream on so I could distract myself while I made a snack. You never want to do that. You never want to do that because you're only going to freak yourself out more. Trust me, it is the worst thing you could possibly fucking do. 
the volume was turned pretty low. Generally, I have my computer volume set set to 50% and the stream volume was even less than that. I had the right side of my headphones tucked behind my ear if my family member was coming. So that here if my family member was coming. The stream would also cut in and out since the connection doesn't quite fully reach the kitchen. I mentioned all of this because as I was putting away stuff in the fridge, I hear a clear as day, hey, whispered in my right ear. The one with the headphone tucked behind it. Now I'm one of those people... Now, I'm one of those people where if something spooky happens, I try to ignore it and just let the feelings pass, which is what I did at first. I tried my ignoring tactic thinking I was just imagining it, but I started getting chills and the hair on the back of my neck stood straight up and I got an overwhelming feeling of fear. This reaction has never happened to me before when I experienced other spooky things I've ignored. So I whipped around expecting to see someone that might have just snuck up on me or even an intruder for a quick second scanning around to see if anyone might be there and no one was. Now, this was my sign to get the fuck out. So I threw everything back in the fridge and took my snack and ran. My second same girl nope not today not today my second experience was similar except I had my headset fully on I was sitting on my desk doing schoolwork and my desk was set up in a way where my back was facing the door I had nothing playing through my headset and was just sitting there with them on and my door to my room was open Suddenly, I hear a loud psst coming from the doorway, which is usually what my mom does when she tries to get my attention with my headphones on. So I thought nothing of it, and I turned around expecting to see her standing in the doorway, only to find nobody there. Now, I would have just brushed this off as nothing if my dog hadn't also turned to look at the door as if it happened as well. This freaked me out. A little as I realized my mom was still at work and no one could have just snuck up the stairs to prank me or anything since my house is kind of old and the stairs are insanely loud. It's impossible to sneak up the stairs without hearing someone coming. I did use the ignore the ignore uh, I did use the ignore it tactic on this so I wouldn't get any more freaked out than I already was and just ignored it. I thought about several factors that might have been the reason for these, but I essentially debunked them all. Like you could argue that maybe the hay was heard from through my headphones, but I did a test and I can confirm I didn't hear any audio when it's tucked behind my ear and it was exceptionally clear in only my right ear. I've thought about the psst might have just been a family member downstairs and I just heard it from upstairs, but I could also confirm that my headphones do a pretty good job at blocking sound, especially if there were if they were coming from all the way downstairs. And this was also really close and clear. I've ruled out being tired since both times I was fully awake. And I also ruled out being in a bad mental state as I was mentally sound during these occurrences. So I genuinely don't think I could have been imagining it. But hey, I could be wrong on any of these. I don't think you're wrong. Some other interesting things I might add are that my mom has said she's heard whispering while walking through the kitchen at night before and my sister's friends have claimed to see the figure of a man in the kitchen sometimes. 
The voice I heard what that whispered the hay to me was definitely a man's voice as well. This might also be worth noting, but on the night of, of Mother's Day, me and my sister were up late making a gift for, my, for our mom. And around the time of 2.55 to 3 a.m., the doorbell rang. We ignored the first ring, but then it rang a second time and our family got up to check both the doors to see if anyone was outside. No one was. We also have a gate that's very noticeable when opened and closed that goes all the way around the house. So we would have heard someone open that, open that possibly if there were a person that could have jumped the gate, maybe. Um... Only after this did those other spooky things happen to me. And now I got kind of worried that maybe my family opened the doors that night. We might have let something in. Mm. The night the doorbell rang and you opened the door and you possibly let something into your home. And after that night, you had these occurrences. Mm, it's quite the possibility. Listen, anything is possible. Anything, Not everything is plausible. And in the realm of paranormal, anything is possible. Could you have let something into your home? Sure. It has to... But in my personal opinion, I feel like that something would have to be invited in. Like, did y'all invite something in? I don't know. It all sounds super strange to me. And I also want to know if this is still happening. Because if these occurrences are still happening, then it might quite possibly be that you have a spirit or something that's just lingering about. And it also sounds like you live, like, in a really haunted-ass home. Like... The floorboards creak, the stairs creak, the, do the fucking gate to the house creaks. Like, you live in a really old home, man. <laughs> so, like, what the fuck? And now we come to our final story. This one, I, I really did save for last. Because I it ties really well into the cannabis factor because it's about cannabis. So, let's dive into it. Now former friend lies about edible dose and I greened out. No. People tell me, I've had stories of people tell me how they've greened out before. Like they've smoked too much or they ate too much or like they consumed too much THC. Which it is possible, which is why it's called greening out. I personally, I don't think I've ever experienced greening out before. Other than the first time I ever smoked. <laughs> Maybe not the first time I ever smoked. No, because even then we didn't even smoke a lot. I just remembered that like I felt like I fell asleep with my eyes open. It just it just sounds like you're really high and have a couch lock, right? But I don't think People have described to me that greening out is like, it's like next to like, you want to throw up and it's so dizzy and you just can't get a sense of what your reality is. And I personally have never experienced that before. And if you're a friend that <laughs> that lies about an edible dosage and you green out and or your friend just starts greening out, like, take some responsibility, dude. Like, you you hear it all the time. Like, consume your alcohol responsibly. The same thing goes for cannabis. Consume it responsibly. But let's get in to this story. For a bit of context, I was friends with two people, Tammy and Aaron. Well, more so friends with Aaron than Tammy, but we'll get into that. The story is primarily about Tammy. I met Aaron my freshman year of college, and we quickly became best friends. Soon, Aaron began dating Tammy. Hmm. They were basically inseparable. Hmm. <laughs> As such, 
Due to proximity, I was forced to be friends or at least friendly with Tammy. Whenever I'd hang out with Aaron, nine times out of ten, Tammy would be there too. Ain't that a bitch? (laughs) Tammy and I had few common interests, video games, certain board certain board and card games. So I decided to give her a shot. However, I quickly found out Tammy to be insufferable. What a pity. She was rude, narcissistic, and had a hair trigger temper. Ooh, that does not sound like a chill person to be around. Tammy, I'm sorry, but you don't check. <laughs> Tammy, I'm sorry, but you don't pass the vibe check. Everyone who I would talk to about Tammy would say the same. See, everyone else says that you don't pass the vibe check. Despite this, I had to remain friendly with her whenever she was around. In her mind, this made us best friends. Though for me, it was more of an appeasement. I feel like she latched onto me because I was one of the few people who was willing to tolerate her. As you can imagine, she had very little in the way of friends. Fast forward four years later, Tammy and Aaron are still dating and now living together. Bro, how does Aaron deal with her? That motherfucker's probably got like a handbook. It's an extremely toxic... Oh, there it is. (laughs) If I just read more, it's an extremely toxic relationship. Tammy would scream at Aaron daily over small things, making them terrified to make any mistake in front of Tammy. Aaron felt trapped in the relationship, and I was doing everything I could to convince them to leave, no matter the potential costs. Thankfully, Aaron eventually stood up for themselves and ended up breaking up with Tammy last November. Good for you, Aaron. Fuck that bitch. However, Tammy still wanted to keep her perceived friendship with me. A part of me felt bad for her. I unfortunately can be a bit of a bleeding heart. So I humored her, but did my best to keep her at an arm's length. She gave me an unsolicited gift for Christmas, a deck of Magic the Gathering cards. We played that a decent amount of times together. However, I already owned this deck, but did not have the heart to tell her that. Instead, I politely thanked her and took the cards. Later, I quietly re-gifted the cards to my real best friend. This will be important later. I motherfucking bet it will be. Okay, fast forward to my birthday, which was recent. Not gonna give an exact date. I don't fucking blame you. Tammy gave me yet another unsolicited gift. This time it was a homemade weed cookies. I I would never pass that up. I don't know why. I just, I never would. I never would. If someone was like, happy birthday, Elle, and they handed me a fucking basket full of homemade cannabis, weed, Mary Jane, ganja motherfucking cookies, I would be like, yes. Yes. You understood the assignment. Thank you. <laughs> Like, thanks. Okay, but we all know that this doesn't have a good ending, so let's get into it. I'm a stoner, and I have a notoriously low edible tolerance compared to my bud tolerance. Mine is the exact opposite. My edible tolerance is extremely high, but my smoking tolerance is also very high, but... I get better effects. Anyways, besides the point. As much as such, even low doses of edibles, five milligrams, tend to be too intense for me. And I usually just stick to smoking bud. Okay. 
All right. She claimed that the cookies were dosed at 20 milligram THC a cookie. I was weary to eat these cookies, but decided what the hell and ate one fourth of a cookie. That's right. One fourth. Despite that tiny amount, about 45 minutes later, I began to feel abnormally high. Wait a minute. So if each cookie is dosed at 20 milligrams, 20 divided by five, that's no, wait, 20 divided by four, that would be five. That would be five fucking milligrams. She's okay. Okay. The room began to, uh, began spinning for me. This tends to happen for me when I smoke too much at once. I have a rug in my living room and it was a particular zigzag pattern. It began to move beneath me in an unnerving and nauseating pattern. I've done a few shroom trips in my day and <laughs> I've done a few mushroom trips in my day and age and this felt very similar. However, I have never experienced anything close to this with weed. Then my heart began beating extremely fast to the point where I genuinely felt like I was having a heart attack. No matter how many breathing exercises I did, I could not get it to calm down. Finally, I felt extremely nauseous, probably from seeing the room spinning, and I ran to the bathroom and stayed there for an hour in front of the toilet. Oh, man. I gagged and dry heaved several times, but nothing ended up coming out. Approximately four hours later, I began to feel normal again and was able to get some sleep. Fucking good for you, man. The next day, I felt like I had a hangover, a keen to taking 10 shots the previous night? No. What? I confronted her about my bad experience the previous night, and I kid you not. She simply said, oh, oopsie. I actually, it's more like 80 to 90 milligrams per cookie. <gasps> this bitch did not. 80 to 90 milligrams per cookie. It took everything in my power to not slap her over that. I calmly expressed, I no longer wish to continue our sham of a, of a friendship and probably blocked her on all platforms. I have since not spoken to her and it is definitely for the best. Oh my God, dude. You can't do that. Holy shit. 80 to 90 milligrams per cookie if it was 80 milligrams 80 divided by four that's 20 milligrams for a fucking quarter slice that is a lot like for me that's like the, 20 to 30 milligrams is what I take in an edible setting and I'm just fine like I have a really high tolerance but like for somebody who doesn't like edibles who doesn't have a high tolerance that is, that's like God mode right there. Oh my God. Good for you for setting that fucking boundary, man. Come to find out a few days later that my best friend had casually mentioned the re-gifting to Tammy a few days before she made the cookies. <gasps> they said to remember that part. As such, while I had no def definite proof, I am inclined to believe that she took this personally and made the cookies as a form of revenge against me i'm glad i only ate a quarter yo i'm glad you only ate a quarter because holy fuck holy fuck fuck that fuck that bitch how dare she how dare she Oh my god, I can't believe that, man. I cannot believe that. <sighs> have y'all ever greened out? I personally have never greened out before. I don't fucking think so. If I did, I don't remember it. And I feel like I would have remembered that. But anyways, that was our episode. Our secret stash. Wait, our spooky tales from the stash our spooky tales from the stash box. Um, I am tired. <laughs> I am also very high. So without further ado, this concludes our episode. 
And if you liked this episode, give it a like, give it a share, and don't forget to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It helps out tremendously. And if you yourself have a spooky tale to put in this little stash box, go ahead and email it over to murder420podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and follow us on the socials. Um, I'm like I said earlier in our announcements, I'm trying to get more socials out there. So, but for now, our TikTok and Instagram are the same handles, which is Murder on the 420 Official. And if you love this podcast, leave a review, and I'll go ahead and read it on air. Um, and just like that. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and found it entertaining, informational, whatever have you. But this is Elle, uh, or sorry, (laughs) my name is Elle. This is Murder on the 420 Express. Stay stoned, stay mind blown, and have a higher train of thought.